welcome to The Practice of Theology. My name is Tyler Kirkpatrick, and in addition to hosting this podcast, I serve as one of the pastors of Crosspoint Church in Columbus, Georgia. The Practice of Theology exists to help the local church engage theology on a deeper level and learn how it applies to daily life. Today I'm talking with Raphael Kajubi, Springer Kane, and Jared Wise. This conversation was recorded in Busega, Uganda, when Springer, Jared, and I went to visit our dear brothers and sisters at King Jesus Church in November of 2021. This two-part conversation is somewhat of a roundtable about what makes a healthy gospel partnership between two churches in different parts of the world, and a bit about how the pandemic affected King Jesus and our ability to be with them in person. It's no exaggeration to say that Crosspoint Church loves our brothers and sisters at King Jesus dearly. After two years, or for some of us more than that, we were thrilled to be with our sister church in Uganda and to worship and praise the Lord with them and for them. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as we enjoyed recording it. What do you all see the partnership looking like in the next five years? Yeah, I mean, I hope sort of existentially it looks somewhat the same. Mm -hmm. You know, I I mean, you know, we just continue to care for um, and love one another. And I think the point that you just made, Tyler, you know, I think that... um, in a lot of these situations across the world and throughout many churches looks looks very different right it's it's very it's very transactional very monetary just you know and and i think that um with this relationship in particular for for whatever reasons got god's grace really i mean it, it like you know it, it is very very relational before anything else right uh and and so just sort of continuing that and, and to your point i mean there's so many things um that king jesus does and its members and its pastors do so well mm-hmm. um that we could stand to learn and and so you're right like coming and watching i i remember i don't know if you remember this the first time you and i came together so it was 2018 we were digging that ditch down there I uh, we have were forgotten that we completely. were we were slogging through mud uh we hit a spring um <laughs> yeah. at the bottom of the the ditch but 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 me and you uh, there was a young man and I, I wish i could remember specifically who the young man was where there was, there was a young man um who you and i had gotten were digging a portion of the ditch with and he was younger and i remember you asked him you said well shouldn't you be in school and he said well yes he said, and you asked them sort of like, don't, don't your parents pay for you to go to school? Would they not be upset that you were here? And he said, my parents would be more upset if I went to school and didn't come help the church. Yeah, I do remember that. Uh, you know, and, and like, uh-huh. the re- like, the real- like the realization that that is the reality in your congregation, that like they are willing and joyfully forsaking everything else in their life for the glory of the gospel and for the for the betterment of the ministry and and so i think you know like i said those you know i'm not criticizing our cross point members here but i think that those are lessons that we as the american church is a larger that's could, right could learn yeah i think so you know could could learn you know I, I mean you know how many times are we distracted by something else in life and not even coming to a Wednesday night fellowship or something because it's just inconvenient. And yet watching this congregation like like literally not go to school so that they could come make the church right. better. Um, right. And so all that to say, I hope that we continue to bring more a more diverse group of our members yeah. here to visit. Yeah. You know, to see how 
church life and church mm. community is done in your context. Um, I would love to. I would love at some point to see some of your folks be able to come yeah. to Columbus um, and and see how we do things yeah. in our context because mm. it is you know they are just completely different. Yeah. So just understanding how brothers and sisters around the world just do Christian life and Christian community in just yeah. different contexts. So that's kind of my yeah. hope for the next. Well, and that makes me think. I can't remember. We've had so many conversations, but mentioning just the idea of the the church being the body, mm. you have a very good understanding of what it means to be the family of God. Mm. And you you don't just claim it, you live like that. And, and I think that in particular in, in Western cultures, that is something that we miss because we are so self-centered in the way that we think. And I mean, quite frankly, your culture tells you to think about yourself before anyone else just as much as ours does, but y'all don't like live like that. And I think that that's really encouraging to us. And, and I remember... Um, you know, telling Springer, we were, it was between the service and between our uh, meeting with the church leaders. I was just saying, man, I love this feeling of standing in the church right now and feeling like this is the place where I need to be and that there's nothing else that I need to be doing right now. And I feel like a lot of times, you know, at, at church, you know, in my, in my own local church, I, I'm, I'm like, okay, well, I've got four hours before I have to be back before youth group. And I, I you know, I want to be able to do this and this, and then I've got to do church. And it's like, no, you don't have to do church. God has given you the church. Mm. It's his grace to you. It's a blessing to you. And it's, it's intended to be lived out together as, as the family of, of God. And I'm always so very encouraged when we come here to see that and to get to be a part of that. And um, yeah, the, I, I agree. I just think that there are, are lessons that we can learn. And, and I think exposing more of our people to mm. that will help them, I think, see and experience a theology of what it means to be the local church. Mm. Mm. I think for the next five years, Jared hit it on the head that I hope the relationship looks the same mm. as it does today. Mm. Obviously, there will be a lot of growth, but I think we are in a great place right now. Uh, we've mentioned a lot, especially in this last little conversation, learning. Um, we always want to come here to Uganda, really anywhere we go with a posture of learning. Mm. Too many times I think the American church can send trips across the world and have the perspective of we're going to go take them. We we know we know how to do things back in America at mm -hmm. our church. So we're going to go make sure that this church does things like we do. Yeah. Um and you mentioned how yesterday yes we we were very quick to say we are not experts on mm. any of these things mm. by by no means. In fact, how do you do these things? Because you may right. be doing them. You have questions about them, but you may be doing them better than we are doing them. Uh, yeah, there was one question in particular that I said, you tell us first and then we'll tell you. Right, right. <laughs> There's so many things that we struggle to know how to do rightly um, at Crosspoint that we can learn so much from you all. And that's what we want to tell our folks is we, Lord willing, are able to send more groups in the future, uh, and that is definitely something we want to do, and hopefully in 2022, we can make that happen again. But we want all the people to come, whether they're youth or they're adults, to come here to know that we're not coming here to fix some problems. We're, there's probably always going to be some aspect of doing some sort of work coming alongside you, though, and doing that work, not saying, oh, we think you need to do this, therefore we're bringing a team to come and do this for you but working alongside of you, but also just, I mean, y'all mentioned it when y'all were um, digging the ditch a few years ago. So much of 
the relationship that we have with King Jesus Church is not just the relationship between the leadership of Crosspoint and the leadership of King Jesus Church, but it's people working beside each other, getting to know the story of members at Crosspoint, uh, like King Jesus getting to know our stories, but us getting to hear stories of how your members came to faith and building those relationships as well. And that's something we always want to see our our folks do. And I remember there was, I can't remember what year it was, maybe it was 2017 we, when we were building the pavilion. Mm. And there was a lot of work to be done. There was a lot of, uh, I remember Jacob uh, Evangelista doing that cement, like yeah. just working really hard at that. And then we were building uh, the pavilion over on the side. And at one point I looked over and I saw uh, two of our guys just sitting down under a tree with another guy. And, and some people on a trip might be like, oh, why are those guys not working? There's so much work to be done. And that was true. But I looked at that and thought, that's what we want. Yep. We want guys sitting down together, getting to know each other, encouraging each other in the Lord. And so that's what I want to see more of in the years to come. And Jared Absolutely. mentioned that. How amazing would it be, obviously, to get you to come back to Crosspoint, yeah. which we want. But if one day we could get some members of King Jesus Church yeah. to come uh, and be alongside us in Columbus would be an amazing thing. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the things that we always uh, do in kind of our, our pre-trip uh, trainings is, is reminding people, and, and you talk about this often, and you know I've heard both of you gentlemen talk about it a lot, is the idea that, yeah, we may have a task that we'd like to get done. Mm-hmm. Ideally, we'd love to start it and finish it. But but again, I mean, we're here to to be with one another and to encourage one another. That's that's the idea. Welcome to the podcast. Come here. Come here. No, come here. Come over here. We've got a visitor. Yes, come here. Right over here. All right. Tell us your name. My name is Sela Kajubi. Yes, it is. All right. Tell us how it has been having us here. Good. What is your favorite thing about King Jesus Church? Sunday school. Yeah, Sunday school. That's wonderful. Hey, can I just thank you for being a special guest, the most special guest we've ever had on the podcast? Yeah, thank you. When you when you do the uh, when you do the main screen for this podcast, it it needs to say featuring Sela Kajubi <laughs> and <laughs> the rest and, of, and and mm-hmm. guest starring. The That's rest right. Of us. That's right. All right. So, uh, Pastor, tell us about your and, and we've just talked about this kind of kind of briefly, but Tell us about your desire for King Jesus to be a church that raises up ministers of the gospel and potentially plants churches in the future. Yeah, because um, I feel like for like, like many of church, like the burden King Jesus church developed from a burden, honestly, mm-hmm. from a burden to want to see a healthy local church planted, especially in a community like this, that was heavily Muslim uh, influenced. Right. And uh, I... I, I see like God has been extremely gracious to bring what we are all talking about to, to, to fusion, like to allow us to see, if, 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 first of all, a healthy church planted, yeah. developed, but also a healthy church impacting and affecting other churches around her. My, more than a burden, my biggest prayer would be that there are still so many communities like Busega mm-hmm. all around Uganda. Uh, there are many different places where 
I mean, there are churches planted, but the truth is that they are not healthy churches. Mm-hmm. So what I, my, my desire would be that the young men that are now at King Jesus Church, again, talking about a vision of like four, five years, ten years from now, that they are equipped so well, they are grown, they have matured, they have stabilized maybe with the real families, mm-hmm. but at the same time, some are willing to, to, to do the same thing, to, to identify a community and go and give of themselves to do the same thing. Like, I, w- I wouldn't love to see that we, you know, we're having all this wonderful community that is so comfortable yeah, with just each other, but right. that there will be some that will say, whatever I have received mm-hmm. freely, I would be willing to go and give it to another community because there are so many, like I cannot tell you, so many who, I mean, I, I hate to use the word that you know that, to really be honest, eternally, the, 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 the eternity, the eternal realities of many of these people is at stake. Yeah. The, whatever they claim to be church, That's honestly, right. wasn't church even in the first place. Whatever yep. they claimed was the gospel, wasn't actually the gospel, was just about something that kept them comfortable mm-hmm. or entirely looking at themselves. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping a country like Uganda, they will, it will never be taken by, um, especially the growing influence of Islam all yeah. across the towns right. that I know. Yep. Uh, but there will be young men that will be impacted. There will be pastors, the pastors that are being influenced right now. They will also go back and raise people in their local congregation who are able to be sent out. Like that young man, Emma, that you met yesterday. I mean, by no means did Emma and his, uh, both of them are medical students, by the way. Uh. Him and his wife, Winnie, are medical students that joined us in uh, the beginning days of King Jesus Church. They grabbed a hold of their medical skills and decided to go to a village called Tororo. It's between Uganda and Kenya. They, they didn't know the language. They didn't. <laughs> Again, same thing like we did with Alan. They went there with no plan. Yeah. But like if you hear uh, what God is use, using them graciously to do, they're like also bringing pastors together. They're bringing those people groups together. And uh, that community is, is growing as a gospel-centered community. So I'm praying that in many years from today, there will be so many different ones that will be able to give of themselves to, to this kind of work in uh, many different communities. Yeah, that's right. You know, thinking about what you did here at King Jesus and what Emma is doing, he and his wife, going into these places that, quite frankly, and you and I had this conversation, don't make sense to go into. And you told us you didn't even really have a plan. You just kind of knew what the Lord was calling you to do. And y'all did it. But, but it makes me think about uh, what, what Paul tells the church in Corinth. He says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, starting in verse 26, For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to the worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And I just kind of think, you know, church planting in particular, in, in really any context, but as we're talking about here in Uganda and the surrounding regions, you're going into a place that's kind of unknown. I mean, we can go in America and speak generally the same, same language. Some of us speak a little differently, but we're not really going to come across many other languages as a primary language. But here, I mean, 
there that that can happen, you know, if you leave Uganda and go to another country. But um, as you just kind of think about what Paul is saying is that's really how the Lord expanded the church, using the weak things, using the the things that the world despises, and taking those things into places that don't make sense and raising up uh, witnesses of the gospel and and doing miraculous things through them. Uh, through the ministry of the word. And so, uh, yeah, brother, I mean, it's a testament what y'all have done, and, and I pray that the Lord would, would be pleased to reproduce that in other places through your ministry. And that's why our ability to encourage gospel truth and uh, equipping people with the truth of the gospel is, um, is, is, is very, very crucial mm. for building gospel-centered communities because uh, let, let, I'm not in any way wanting to fight with the prosperity gospel. But right, yeah. Like, like, Standing to preach to a congregation that your biggest need is um, a, a big house or a big car, the truth that people will seek after those things because faith cometh from hearing and hearing the word. So the word that is being preached, if it's not the word, people's faith is going to build, but around what is not the word, right. it's going to be faith, but in something completely different. Idols. But if idols, but if the, the, the gospel is central and uh, People are being equipped to, to repent of their sins, put their trust in Jesus Christ. One of the effects that is definitely going to come out of that, of that is the desire to give back what someone has received. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm, I'm continuing to pray that we all can continue to point people to the truth of who Jesus Christ is. People are genuinely repenting. Talk about even poverty and uh, these unknown communities. It's like Gerard, I think, said, it's so easy to come in and say the biggest thing we need to build here is either a workshop or this mm-hmm. or that. that, that that's not bad at all. Those are right. wonderful, right. Good, good things. But if people are not built into the gospel, then you're going to build people who have healthy bodies mm-hmm. or healthy, uh, b- big bodies, b- but not effective when it comes to the cause of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And uh, especially reaching unreached people groups. Because if you think about how many churches, for example, in Kampala, almost every block that is a church. Mm-hmm. If every block has a church, why isn't the church in, in the next district, in Impiji, or in amongst the Karamajong people? We have a people group here called the Batua. They, they are normally very small people. Actually, they are as small as these tables. Mm. Uh, a, a dear pastor friend of mine, who is very gospel-centered, uh, Duncan, um, he's part of our fellowship. He, over the years, these years we've been running a gospel-centered fellowship, all of a sudden God put it upon his heart to make sure that he constantly, at least on a monthly basis, go and uh, see this people group called the Batua. Very, very mm. tiny people, but completely forgotten. Yeah. Then we have communities like the Karamajongs. Now, these Kejongs, as of now, imagine this is the 21st century. Even up to now, these people don't put, I mean, many of them don't put on clothes. Mm-hmm. I mean, big men. And like, that's who they are. And uh, as a people group, we developed a, a, a saying that says, we shall not wait for them to develop. Mm. Meaning, let's, 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 let's move on. Like, these, these are, we can as well forget that they, they are even human beings. Yeah. Think about the deaf. You know, think about the blind. You know, to, to this day, there are many communities. If the deaf in Busega, Busega, which is 15 minutes away from the city center of the, the capital of, of this country, to think that there would be 
demonized as as caste people groups in Busega what do you think is going on in in uh, five hours from Kampala what is happening with in six hours from Kampala the they are, they are pure demons uh, but we know these are all image bearers of a good god and yeah. uh, nobody is going to be able to to do this unless young men and young women are exposed to the truth of the gospel that's right yeah yeah amen amen okay so this is our final question you know when you picked us up from the airport we uh we started talking about covid who would have thought that we would have a conversation about COVID. But we were talking just generally about how COVID has affected our churches and just kind of mentioning the struggles that it has presented. But I was actually kind of surprised to hear what you had to say about COVID's effects on your church. And so you were telling us that COVID has actually served to allow King Jesus to be a bigger presence in your community and to to actually bring the opportunity to serve those around you. So would you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, because what happened to for example, uh, and again, uh, in, 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 I believe in the work of the Lord, there shouldn't be comparison. But um, in, in, in our community here, we have um, some presence of some mega churches, same, same thing. When uh, COVID shut down things, immediately padlocks went on their buildings and uh, soldiers and gunmen kept the facilities. What happened to King Jesus when things were locked down the official corporate worship, co- official corporate praise was shut down. But what meant is that all the brothers and sisters of, and the leaders of King Jesus Church, instead of being in the building, we all were in the compound. Mm-hmm. And uh, that facility you see, like whatever you saw on Saturday night, that whole, faci- that whole people group came here. And we said, how ah, about instead of doing worship at the pulpit, how about we do worship at the valuable court. Yeah. How about of doing what prayers in inside the building? How about we sit one on one in the chairs? No government would, no government official would uh, would would fault you over sitting down in a compound mm-hmm. and you're engaging with the people. That compound, you see, we build, we rebuilt it with the people, mm-hmm. the pavers with the men of the community. That was actually done with the members of King Jesus Church and the men of the community. No government would fault us on that. Yeah. And uh, through those conversations, like the one Springer is talking about, our people sitting down with the people of the community, our people praying with the people of the community, that's actually when many were exposed to the truth of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And uh, many actually repented of their sins. Some of the new faces you saw in church are a result of that lockdown mm-hmm. ability to actually connect with the people. Yeah. Think about the food interventions. Some of the people thought the church will lock and the leadership will all run away mm. and uh, we will not connect with them. Instead, we, when we shared and they were able to, to be help that came in from Crosspoint and we had food packages, many of our people and the small groups we are meeting tonight, many began to visit these different homes and be with the people. Mm-hmm. And um, so you would say corporate worship was uh, officially closed but real connection with the people yeah. was, was open. And that's, that's, that's a difference. Yeah, that's wonderful. And it was a joy for us to hear. All right, so maybe take 30 seconds and say a final word if you have one. I, I'd have to comment on that because we talk about how we come here to learn from you. We have so much to learn from that. Um, 
it makes me every time I come here, I think about this, and especially right now, I, I want to like bulldoze our parking lot and just build a big grass field uh, that can be used for community things because um, we don't have that kind of space at, at Cross Point. Uh, every time I come here, I think about that. Um, but yeah, final thoughts, brother. I mean, words, just as you said, can express thanks. We're the same way. Uh, words can express how grateful we are for you and for King Jesus Church, the work that you were doing. We, we love you all so much, and we are praying for you. And, and I, I, as we think about the future, and especially along the lines of sending out young men to, I think, what a great training ground king jesus church is to have you and your experience of planting the church in a extremely hard place Mm -hmm. to be able to train other young men to go and do similar things lord willing we see that happen in Mm -hmm. in the years to come and we we want to help in any way that we can with that but we are so grateful for you we love you and so thankful for you yeah i would echo the same thing i'm just uh, so so thankful to call you a friend and a brother um and uh, thankful for your family um and and the ministry here um it's just it is uplifting every time we come um every time we're we're able to be together to just see um to just see what the lord's doing here uh and so we just we love you and we are thankful for you mm-hmm. thank you yeah brother we do we love you um we're so very thankful for you and we we send our love from all of cross point to mm-hmm. to you and to king jesus and i just wanted to personally thank you for texting me last night after our coffee and telling me that you think i'm stronger than jared <laughs> i wasn't going to bring that up i w- actually wasn't going to bring that up either but since we did we can talk about the lies you've been spreading on this podcast and we we can set the record straight if you'd like yeah, say what you want to say. I edit the podcast. Clearly, more lifts of mine are bigger than more lifts of yours. <laughs> we passed a gym when we came in. We did. We Let's settle this once and for all. Yeah. Let's settle it. Let's settle it. Brother, thanks for doing this. This has really yeah. been fun. I mean, it really has. Uh, it's been a joy to sit down with all of you and just talk about the joy of being partners in the gospel together. And so uh, thanks for joining us very welcome always if you've enjoyed this episode you can help others find and be encouraged by this content by leaving a rating and review wherever you're listening